internet brand strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel to telecommuting from home to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I am here with Dr. Andrew Whitman and we are going to talk fitness today. And fitness to me comprises many different aspects. We've got spiritual fitness, we've got physical fitness, mental fitness, emotional fitness. So in your opinion, what does it mean to be fit after 40? And you're a dad and you're an author, you're, you're so many things. And I'm after 40. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm after 50. So it's all good. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's where I always start off with all of our any of my clients um, is not the physical fitness. That's usually what people think about when we think about fitness, we go immediately to the physical. But I would say this, that the physical fitness that you um, enjoy or not enjoy, really is a direct result of your spiritual fitness. Like your spiritual, so everything we know that everything in the physical is a mirror, if you will, of what goes on spiritually on the inside of us. So like when people are happy, and listen, you know this, right? Your countenance changes. You're more attractive. You get better looking as your inner self gets, feels better about itself, right? If you don't feel good about yourself, then your countenance, your physical kind of goes away, right? And, and so it always starts with the spiritual fitness, which for me, my definition of spiritual fitness is what's your internal identity? Like, who are you when everything else gets stripped away from your life? Like, who are you when there's nothing else left? Not roles you play, but who are you? And it begins there. So let's talk about that. Like, we live in an era where thousands of messages come to us every day via the internet, via the phone, via magazines. You know, you can't pump gas today without getting some message about, who you are, what you should buy, take this pill, do this program. Um, it's insane, the messages that we get. So how do you, you know, you've got three kids and a wife and a wonderful family. How do you help your kids drill down to who they are? And how do you do that for yourself? Right. So I always start with me first before I could teach anybody else. Anything. So I literally would sit out. I would think like who, so, and you know, my story, right? I was the fat kid in high school, five, three, 185 pounds, got bullied. My nickname was beach ball. And I was a big crybaby, and I was never allowed to fight back. So I turned to food for comfort. So I, got, I just kept gaining weight. And that was my, right. And my identity was really beach ball because that's what people tagged me with. Mm -hmm. right? You're the crybaby. And I, you know, I, I didn't want to live my life like that. So, and you know, I was supposed to go, you know, to Bible college. My mom and dad were missionaries and, and I joined the Marine Corps instead, which was like a complete shock to everybody, except for me, because I knew I needed to get uh, my identity squared away. I didn't want to live my life in fear and anxiety. Now, what the Marine Corps does, uh, and I learned this from them, is they strip you of whatever identity when you show up, right? So they take you back to zero. Like, and Good, bad, whatever, it's all gone. Starts with the haircut, changing the clothes, all that, right? And then they begin, I'll say, brainwashing you because they're cleaning, they're washing my brain. They're cleaning all that junk out, all the fear, the anxiety, the I'm the fat kid, I can't do stuff. They strip you away of all self-limiting beliefs. So that's where I started. Like, so just strip all the self-limiting beliefs out. 
because people, when you listen to them, you'd be like, well, you know, after 40, <laughs> you know, your metabolism, like who told you that? Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, and like you said, there's so many voices out there. And I say this to my kids, everything is buying for your attention. Millions of voices out there. Just like you said, you have to put a value system on what you hear, right? You need to vet everything you hear. Don't just pick up something because someone told it to you or they told it to you enough times. Well, and I, you know, it's, it's so important that we identify these things because, you know, water rolls downhill or whatever that analogy is, because I, what rolls downhill? Something rolls downhill. No <laughs> snowballs for where you're at right now. Right? Snowballs. Snowballs. Well, things roll downhill, put it that they way. Do. We got boulders, yes. we got all sorts of things in California. But one of the things that, that was funny um, that's happened since we've done a show together is I got spin certified. And I have been teaching spin classes at the local gym. And I am by far not the youngest. I'm not the oldest, but I'm definitely creeping up there, you know, in, in Trainerville as grandma. And the fun part of it is my kids are more proud of me than anybody. Yeah. And they said, mom, you know, you're my younger one, he's like, mom, he goes, you're teaching the class. He's like, you're in charge of all, you know, these, these ladies. And I said, well, you know, they're young ladies. He's like, no, mom. He goes, you're younger than they are. And he got in his head because I'm the one that's teaching and leading the fitness. Therefore I must be the youngest and the most fit. And we had this conversation about age and what does age really mean? And it was super fun because here's mom going out to teach a spin class with all these 20 somethings having the time of her life. Was that in the cards for me last year? If you had asked me that, I would have probably laughed at you. Right. And this is a great conversation to have is age because, and there's science to back this up that you literally, I mean, you're, we mark time physically, how many years you've been on the planet. But your body marks time completely differently, right? So, and your fitness level, and it's again, spiritual fitness, mental fitness, emotional fitness, physical fitness, that's on a completely different clock, right? So if you're fit, you're all automatically going to be younger. Your body's going to be functioning better. Your hormones will function better. Your mind, your cognitive processing functions better. You're going to be happier. You're going to have that fulfillment feeling. And literally, you know, my kids laugh all the time because I'm 52 years old and I'll run around. They're like, dad, you're more fit than like most 20 year olds. And not just physically fit. They're not talking about, they're talking about my, what I call life on all eight cylinders. I'm completely balanced across the board compared to most 20 year olds. Well, and compared to most 30, 40 and 50 year olds. And right. I want to ask you about, you know, what are some of your secrets? Cause one of my secrets is what, what I think is my secret is my morning programs. I have a certain program that I go through in the morning. I have my green juice. I do my prayers. I talk to God. I, I meditate. I stretch. And the whole thing, it's not like it takes me three hours. You know, the whole thing, I can get all that done in like probably 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 if it's really cold like it was this morning. I was creaking on that yoga mat, I got to tell you. Um, there's a reason why we don't do frozen yoga. We do hot yoga. Yeah, right. But I start out my day, like you said, what did you say? All eight cylinders? Yeah, all eight cylinders. Yeah, so, like by the time I walk downstairs, I'm juiced. Right. No, and I do the same. I mean, no matter where I am on the planet, and you know my story, I've been like the, you know, lived most of my life on one of the five and, you know, six inhabited planets, you know, some are usually in a third world country, making my living with a gun, right, for this country. 
Dr. Whitman, I'm just going to stop you here for a second because now is a really good time to thank our sponsor. And what I really love about Best Fiends is that it's always with me. It's always fun. I can count on it. I can depend on it for a really good time. And it makes me feel like I am a kid again. It makes me feel like I'm on vacation. And sometimes I really need that, you know, juggling, working at the gym, taking care of my dad, taking care of my kids and making sure that everything is running smoothly is really a lot of work for me. So I like this little brain break. And in my humble opinion, it is the best game out there by far. You you match, you know, you match colors, you match objects, things like that. And they're really fun. The music is great. And I want to tell you a little bit about my experience today because I do play it every day or almost every day. And it's just so much fun. And there is this little mermaid fiend with uh, like a Dolly Parton updo, and I absolutely love her. And I'm right now working on this island expedition where I collect 20 compasses, and it's just, you know, so much fun. And I can be part of the Explorers Club Large. Like, there is so much stuff to do on here that I can't even tell you. You have to look at it. It's that much fun. And with Best Fiends, you play through an actual storyline complete with the good guys. The good guys are the fiends and the bad guys are the slugs. And then you can you can beat up on them. It's called a slug Slugmageddon. And you can get all your frustration out like pow, 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 watching this little slug get beat up. And I'm telling you, I'm a grown woman with a lot of education and I still love beating up slugs. So I want you guys to download Best Fiends free today on the app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends that's friends without the r best fiends download best fiends free today on the apple app store or google play you'll be so glad you did it's an action-packed adventure and it's a brain boosting puzzle game all rolled into one and there's new content added every time and if you want to see this little like adventure frog with fangs in a hoodie <laughs> you're gonna have to go ahead and download the game so download best fiends free today on the app store or Google Play. That's friends without the art, best fiends. Now we're talking with Dr. Andrew Whitman today. We're talking about fitness and willpower and creating a life that revolves around our own personal, mental, physical, and spiritual health. And Dr. Whitman, you have served all over the world and you are in amazing shape. You're over 40. You like could bounce a quarter off your tummy and it would bounce right back. So how do you do that? What is part of your routine? And I know you do something special every day, no matter where you are in the world. No matter what time zone I'm in, I don't care if I have plumbing or not. When my feet, when I wake up and my feet hit the deck and I stand up, I have a, a thing that I say. And it's a, you know, a prayer, an affirmation. You know, it's it, what I'm doing is I'm getting my mind, my body and my emotions all, you know, in order and understand that my spirit is in charge. Like I'm the administrator. I'm CEO of me mind, body, and emotions all have their place and everybody will take their role. And I do that every morning without fail. I've been doing it since uh, 1998 when I first started, you know, and now I, I can't not do it because we're all creatures of habit. And this is the beauty of fitness. It shouldn't be a struggle. And if you build the habit of being fit across the board, all eight cylinders, it's not a struggle. It's just what you do. It's like breathing. You don't think about breathing. I mean, you know, just like you just do it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it. And I find like, if I don't, like for some reason, you know, like when my bathroom ceiling fell in uh, because of the rains and I had a big hole in my ceiling, I was cleaning everything up 
because it went all over my yoga mat. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going through that same motion. I'm still doing my prayer. I'm still yeah. doing my meditation, you know, and I might be, you know, stretching and picking up things on the floor, but that's the thing that you take with you um, that centers you for the day. I don't know how to get up anymore and not be centered to start my day. Right. We've been just doing it for so long. It's part of who we are, right? So, And this is the beauty of it. It actually gets easier after 40 to be fit because it's longer that you've built these habits. And, and it's like you literally, that, what's that saying? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm, uh, I'm not trying to learn a new trick. What I did is I learned these fitness tricks and now you couldn't separate them from me ever again. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ruined. I always tell my wife, I'm ruined. I actually believe this stuff and it works for me. Well, see, and I'm gonna, I want to challenge the old dog new tricks because I'm an old dog and I learned some new tricks on the spin bike. And I had to take these tests that I hadn't taken like a time yeah. test, you know, like a real one. I mean, I've taken continuing education units, but those are like pass fail. And I'm always- Which I always thought was easier, Sandra. Pass fail, I always thought was easier. Well, yes. And this one, you had to get like an 80 or better. And I have to tell you, I was up, sweating bullets. I had prepared for everything. I haven't, I have a master's degree from Northwestern. It's not like I'm afraid of tests, right? but I hadn't taken a test in so long and I hadn't needed to study and memorize and learn about things like muscles and, and tendons and all these things. But the thing was this old dog learning some new tricks. I felt younger than I had in 20 years because I became a student again. And even though I always thought I was a student of the universe, a student of my shows, I like to learn from every guest that I have on. It was really fun to stretch out of my comfort zone. It wasn't pleasant all the time. It was, you know, 30 hours stretching out of my comfort zone. But in the end, I was really glad that I did it because I hadn't challenged myself in that way in a long time. Right. And so that's not a new trick. What you're telling me is, is you took like 30 years off or 20 years off from <laughs> the old trick, right? So it's an old trick that you just let go, right? So it's not, you might've learned new information, but yeah. being a student and being accountable, that's really what got you out of the comfort zone because you were accountable. You were being measured, right? And I make that part of who I am every day. I measure everything. My wife always, she's like, you calculate everything. Yes. I run my calories. Like I run my checkbook, like I run my minutes. Like I calculate how much time I'm going to, you know, watch TV or entertain myself per day. I mean, that's how I, you know, but I run all of that stuff so that I'm accountable because like what you just said, when you're that, when you're there, you feel so much more younger, you feel more alive and you know that you're on track. Well, and that's like, you talk about on track, man. I upgraded my iPhone, just the software, not the phone itself. I still use my old five. Um, but they added this app on, and you know, maybe you guys all know about it. I didn't really know about it, and it was really eye-opening to me. It was called uh, Screen Time. Oh, yeah, yeah. My little girl came to me. She's like, look, my screen time was down 26% this week. I'm like, well, that means that you had it up 26% too much the week before. I, well, so, you know, the thing is, like, you know, I use my phone a lot for work. It's my main form of communication. So, you know, there was some things on there that I was like, eh, you know, big deal. Like, you know, creativity, 31 minutes this week, social networking, an yeah. hour this week. Okay, it's it's Thursday. I'll give sure. them that. The thing that freaked the you-know-what out of me is how many times I pick up or look at the phone. And check it, yeah. And check it. Uh-huh. I mean, that yeah. was 
that was pretty, um, you know, and granted I get, you know, I get on, on average 187 text messages a day. And so I spend an hour and one minute answering those text messages, but I was like, bananas, man, 28 times I picked it up, you know, in two hours. That's, that's a junkie. <laughs> right. And it could be. Yeah. But I like how they break it down because if you're spending like four hours on like Twitter or Instagram or Pinterest, that would be a red flag for me right now. If I have four hours that my fitness app is open and I'm doing, you know, or I'm reading or it's my audible or my Kindle, you know, I, I always take, so I, I look at all those things, right? So it's not just about how much screen time you have. So I always want to drill down and see what I did with my screen time. Well, I checked the clock <laughs> 11 times. <laughs> I wear a sport watch that I can look at. I mean, there are little things. I learned a lot about my, maybe they're OCD or compulsive or whatever they are behaviors. Right. Um, but it allowed me also to reflect on and modify what I was doing because what I started to do after I realized some of this stuff was I started shutting my phone off because, you know, I'm not a brain surgeon. I'm not a first responder. I'm not out protecting anyone. So I don't need to jump at a moment's notice. Right. And I don't, I, even when I was those things, what can I do right now? Like if I'm off duty, like I would, I, and I train law enforcement guys, it'd be like, you know, it'd be like the, the sheriff or whatever. And his phone's on 24 seven. I'm like, well, what if it's two o'clock in the morning and you get an emergency? What's what, what can you do? Well, you know, are you going to go respond to the call? Well, no. What? It, it might be an hour away. Yeah. It might be an hour away. Are, are you going to go hold a press conference at two in the morning? He's like, well, no. I'm like, so all it did was wake you up. Right. Like you're all at, well, cause you had to know why, why did you have to know? I don't even take my phone upstairs. Like, so I plug my phone in, in the office at the end of the night, whenever I'm done, like seven, eight o'clock, I plug it in. I'm done with it. Like, I don't take it upstairs to the bedroom. It's on silent. I mean, you could be buzzing, whatever the emergency is, it's still going to be there in the morning, you know? So we said, what if one of your relatives died? Listen, that happens and it has happened, but can I bring them back or do I just lose a night's sleep? See, where were you like 20 years ago when I was married, I was at a wedding in Vegas with my husband at the time and he took off with his friends and like three o'clock in the morning, one of the other wives banged on my door, like three sheets crazy Yeah, yeah. going, we have to find him. What if, what if, what if? And I was like in my pajamas, you know, like didn't have my glasses on. I'm like, <laughs> you know, here's the thing. He's dead. I can't do anything about it. If he's Check. in jail, serves his ass right. Check. If he's out having fun, he's not going to want me. I'm going back to bed. Now, granted, we're divorced, so maybe that wasn't the best thing, but it's the same principle. Like, really, right. what am I going to do? Right. You're just getting spun up. And this is, again, part of fitness, right? So, and, and that bleeds into your emotional fitness and your, your, your mental wellness, your mental well-being. If you start worrying about things that you can't control – Right. And then you start going down that track. And this happens with parents all the time. Right. You could and, and you start feeding that track. It's almost impossible for you to get off it unless you have like a physical inter intervention. Like you have to go do something physically to shut those thought patterns off. Like go watch a movie, go to Six Flags. You know, you got to physically change your location and what your body's doing in order to shut those thought patterns off. Well, and you know, one of the things like that I love about our conversations, because you make sense of what I think are the, the goofy things I do. You know, I used to every day at 4.30 go for my Diet Coke or my Diet Mountain Dew, like just without fail, like you could set me your watch by it. And 
I noticed that by that, that time was also the transition time between me being a corporate executive and then coming home to be a mom and a veteran caregiver. So that transition caused me all sorts of anxiety because I had all this work that needed to be done, but I needed to shift. And then I had the pressure of all the undone stuff, you know, like right. kind of in my mom caregiver life. And that transition was always really hard for me. And I decided to start, and this is how I got into spin. I decided instead of reaching for my diet Coke and having that, you know, diet drink moment, I went to the gym and I went to spin class and that allowed me to ramp down that anxiety that I felt changing between two roles. And do you think that's in your experience, is that kind of a normal transitional problem for people, especially if they're, they don't have an hour drive home or they don't have a break between roles? Absolutely. You can't just like shift on a dime, right? That's not how the human machine is built. So we emotionally, we can't, we don't, this is why like you have to get things in little drips and drafts. Like you don't ask to on a first date, you don't ask somebody to marry you, even if you think that they're the one, right? You got to go through a process of getting there emotionally. And, and what you just said is a microcosm of that, right? When you're switching roles, like you could do it on a dime, but it causes you massive amounts of stress physiologically okay so there's all kind of hormone dumps and shifts and that changes your mood and how you see things so when you do something physical like you just said you have that physical break it prepares you for the next emotional state and what you have to do uh, and, and this is a huge thing in in what we call mental toughness right I'm taking control of my thoughts feelings attitudes and actions and so I'm using all my body mind and emotions to help me instead of them working against each other, which doesn't help me at all. It actually hurts me. Well, and I think too, it's like, I can sometimes be a little bit of a drill sergeant at work. Like, I don't really want to hear why it wasn't done unless it's something we need to fix. And if it wasn't done, I want you to come to a solution with me. Yeah, so what's wrong I, with that? Hang on, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> but I will say it doesn't always work great with my 85-year-old dad or my Right. 10 or 12 year old kid, you know, they need a little, not a lot, but they just need a different. And when you're playing both roles, like I'm mom and dad, 99% yeah. of the times the kids see their dad on occasion, but I'm soft place to fall. Also the tough person. And to, there, that's a lot of shifting for me. I got to be honest. And as I get older, it's, I'm like an old 18 wheeler. That's, you know, going to grind that gear, get that gear in. What do you have? Because I can't be the only person in the world struggling with these things. No. And, and this, and again, like, so here's, this has like been the lie that all those voices you talked about have been feeding us for like two decades that we need to be multitaskers. <sighs> like when I, I mean, we even put it in job descriptions. I'm looking for a multitasker or we put it on a resume, a multitasker. <clears throat> all that is is code for I'm going to suck the life out of you. <laughs> What was we know this, we instinctively know that like you would never let your kid get on a bus where the bus driver was smoking a cigarette, reading the paper and making pancakes on his waffle maker plugged into the cigarette. I mean, okay. and still drive. Would we ever know? Right. So if we already know that we want the bus driver just driving the bus. So when you shift, you, you're, it takes you cognitive processing to shift between these three, uh, you know, different tasks you're doing. So what they did is they did an experiment with like, say, when you were in school, you just took an English test. You didn't take an English test plus a math test. <clears throat> right. Now, 
if, what they did an experiment where they gave you the two tests and gave you an hour to do them both, you would think that their score would be like 50%, like, right? You would think 50% is what you could get on each of them, but it's rather like 49 or 47% because you actually spent 3% of your cognitive processing switching back and forth. Mm. When you add a third task, it goes down to not 33%, but it's like 26% between three tests. So every time you add another task, right, your cognitive processing is used up switching between the tasks. So don't be afraid to just stop and say, this, this is the role I'm playing right now. If you need me to play a different role, we're going to stop this role, and then I'm going to switch, and now I'm, I'm just going to totally – now, like your iPhone, right? Yep. Slower, the more apps you have working at the same time, the slower the cognitive processing. Right. And the faster the battery gets drained. <laughs> right. Right, right. So this is the same thing the human machines, the exact same way. When you're trying to play different roles at the same time, you're going to get drained and your cognitive processing goes down and then you, you get frustrated, right? So we shut all those apps off. Like I'm like a OCD with that. I'm shutting every, every time I open an app, I shut it again. Mm -hmm. Right. And I do the same thing in my personal life. Like whatever role I'm playing, I focus on that role. Like right now I am doing nothing else other than doing this show with you right now. Nothing. I mean, the phone's off. I, I literally like World War three could be happening. I'll find out when we're done. Right. So I'm not crazy in thinking that, like, one of the things I have this phrase in my head, it's called full frontal family, because when I step out of my office and I walk down the hallway, it's like the brace, you know, because yeah. they've been waiting sometimes four or five, six hours for me to get off the air and do it, and they're there waiting for me, right. and I'm like full frontal family, and I usually just reach my gym bag and go out the door, <laughs> because there is, like, that, that is really, it's really hard. Yeah. And you know what? And if you didn't do that, like reach the gym bag, this is a huge thing is knowing that all that would happen if you had an interaction with them, other than just grab your gym bag and get out, would be bad. It would, it would not be, be good. Right. So yeah. it's only going to like hurt the relationship, hurt all the stuff. We would not solve any problems. I'll put it this way. You're not going to put out any fires like that, but you're going to start more. Yep. So being aware that, you know what, and I always, people think I'm nuts when I say this, but you have to do, you take care of you first. Me time first. Oxygen mask falls on the airplane. We already know it. You put your own mask on. And that may mean that momentarily someone might get their feelings hurt that you're not taking care of their needs. But if you don't take care of yours, it's going to blow up and be 50 times worse. Well, and your hair falls out and you get headaches and you gain weight. I mean, I could give you all sorts of things because I did that for the longest time. Running, I felt like, you know that song, Pinball Wizard? Yeah. <laughs> I was the pinball. You know, I would bounce from my office to the to the kids with the, the nanny in the room, back to my office, to my dad. Like, And, you know, now I realized, and this is this is funny because, you know, here I've been in leadership for a long time. And, you know, we talk about time blocking and we talk about, you know, all these things about time management. And I even took Stephen Covey for a whole week years ago, you know, a whole week of Stephen Covey in Utah to learn about, you know, planning and all this stuff. And what I didn't, what I failed to understand was the concept of bundling in your role. Like, so from six to nine in the morning, which is really before the majority of my work starts, that is when I am in mother role. Yep. I am cooking, cleaning, cook, you know, whatever that household needs, like that's my mindset. And I don't check my email and I don't do these things unless I have a deal going on the East coast that I have to, cause it's already, you know, 6am is 9am there. Right. Um, and then I get into my next role, which is 
is nine to 12. That's all work mode. Then at 12 o'clock, buzzer goes off. I go out, I feed my dad, I make him his lunch. I get him ready for the afternoon, get his headset on so he can talk to my Uncle Gary. And then I've got another two-hour block. But in scheduling, when you do these blockings, I think that's what you're talking about. Like you're right now, you're on the show with me. I'm on the show with you. I've got, I had one before me. I'll have one after me. That's one mental block too, though. I'm not trying to throw in a load of laundry right. you know, on commercial break. Right. And when you do, that's when you start, again, you start like being the iPhone. You have too many apps open. It's wearing down your battery and you're, you start doing, you do nothing well. Okay. It's just like those tests. You're not getting a hundred on any test. You're getting, not even getting 50s. You're getting 47s and 27s. Well, we wouldn't do that right. when we think about it. Like we're not going to do anything that has 27% chance of success on, as our default mode. And yet we've been sold that as a bunch of goods from, you know, it, it's, it's out there in the ether. And I always ask people, who told you that, that you should be multitasking? Who told you? Right. You know, people can't even tell you who told you. No, no, I don't know. I mean, I think it's one of those things where, it seems like a good idea at the time, and then it becomes a habit. Right, and it was a good talking point because what it did is, so you told everybody, I'm a multitasker, and people gave you affirmation. Oh, you're so awesome. So now, because I got rewarded with affirmation by saying that, then I say it again, and then I say it a third time and a fourth time, and pretty soon it's a habit, right? And I just start going saying it and, and expecting to get that affirmation back, and now that becomes a who part of who I am. Right. Yeah. So that's really how these things, it's, it spirals out of control and it really damages your fitness because that is a self-limiting belief. Huge, huge. Well, and then, you know, like let's talk about limiting beliefs or toxic, um, toxic beliefs, or I call them head trash, like brain trash, yeah. brain baggage, head trash. Right. Our beliefs shape our experience. And when I go to spin class, I'll be honest, I teach at 4.30, usually 4.30, 5.30, or sometimes it's 5.40 in the morning, and sometimes it's Saturday mornings at 9. Those are times when most people in my peer group and age group are sleeping in. They're hanging out. They're, they're definitely not hoofing it to the gym and teaching a spin class. So if I go into the, my experience of that spin class, if my thoughts tell me it's cold, it's rainy, it's too early, I should be sleeping, I will not have a good spin class. My expectation is that I'm going to rock it, knock it out of the park, be inspirational, set all these ladies off and a few firemen off on their day, like with jet fuel in their veins. That creates a much different experience for me. And all we have is our experience. Can you talk about how our thoughts create our experiences? Yeah. So, and I, this is what I call like our results matrix, right? So your thoughts turn, whatever thoughts you have, and I'll start to back it up, whatever you feed on. And this is the first question I ask every client when they sit down and they tell me they're stressed, they're depressed, whatever it is, I ask them what they're feeding on. And they'll tell me, well, I should be doing more of this. No, I didn't ask you that. What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you reading? Like, tell me the shows that you're watching. Tell me the radio programs you're listening to. What are the songs that you're listening to? Because when you feed on that, that, what that feeding does is it creates thoughts in your head. And those thoughts create uh, what I call an imagination or a movie clip. You think those thoughts long enough, but it creates that movie clip. And then that creates what I call language and self-talk, right? When you see that movie clip, it be you begin to say what you're seeing inside your head. As you begin to adopt that movie clip, what happens is that turns into a belief, right? It drops down into your heart and you actually believe what you're seeing and you're saying enough times that it, that becomes, you know, now it's your belief 
or we call it your truth, your opinion is a softer word for it. That opinion creates an attitude and your attitude creates whatever your behaviors, habits, and actions are. And your behaviors, actions, and habits create your results. And your results then create your success, fulfillment, and happiness. So really, I could back it all the way up to what are you feeding on at the front end. And on the back end, it'll tell me if you're successful, however you define it, if you're fulfilled, however you define it, and if you're happy. In between, that's where our thoughts and our attitudes and our beliefs but it starts on the one end of what are you feeding on? And the stuff that you feed on is going to create everything else that comes out the back end. That's how the sausage is made. Well, I love that because, you know, in my, my years, I've been criticized a little bit about being Pollyanna because I don't like to feed myself anything really negative. I steer clear from the news. It doesn't mean I'm not aware of what's going on. It doesn't mean I don't understand there's atrocities and things in the world. But when I feed myself inspirational talk and television, when I listen to Joel Osteen or Wayne Dyer or uh, Joyce Meyer, like these, right. I feel better. I'm happier. I walk away. <laughs> then I talk to God. You know, I have this great relationship in my head. He's my primary best friend. It's amazing what I can do. I don't feel dragged down. I know there's awful things that happen in the world. I really do. And I do offer up prayers for all that. But realistically, Andrew, what can I do? There's atrocities right. going on I'm, all over the world. And I'm just like my phone, just like my phone. It's off. There's an emergency. I can't do anything about it. All I'm doing is getting my, uh, I'm ruining my own mental well being my own emotional well-being, my own spiritual well-being by feeding on every, there's always bad stuff on the planet. Welcome to planet always. earth. Yeah. There always has been, there always will be. As long as there's people involved, bad <laughs> stuff's going to happen. Now, what do you do to shift gears? What are some of the, the things that you use? Like for me, I, I tend to use fitness that tends to really help me go between from one gear to another. And then the other thing is like a bath. I love my hot bath. I can, that a hot bath for me, will solve everything. Yes, running hot water is very good. Very, it's excellent. Um, you know, I do, there is all kind of fitness stuff I do. I do, I'll use the television, right? I have, I, and what I love about technology is I don't have my, when you and I were growing up, it was like the three channels and PBS, right? You're stuck yeah. with whatever's on, right? Oh, we had so, Sault Marie and, and yeah. Right, and now I have like Prime or Hulu or whatever. I can watch a show, whatever show I want to, you know, and sit down and say, you know, for the next 45 minutes, I'm going to go watch this and clear my head. Right. And it could be just something ridiculously. It's just like funny or worth, it could be a documentary. It could be, you know, an adventure. It could be a spy show, whatever it is. doesn't matter. I mean, I, I, I usually pick them based on how it makes me feel, mm-hmm. you know, and change. so I do that physically. Also, you know, I'll go for a walk with my wife. I, you know what I mean? I'll go watch my kids sporting events. There's so many things, you, but you physically, if you get up and you change your position, and here's, let's do this experiment. I do this experiment in my corporate, right? So what I want you to do is in your head, start counting down backwards from 1,000. So just in your head, ready? 1,000, 999, 998, keep that count going. And now when I tell you out loud, I want you to say your name. Okay, say your name out loud. Uh, name. Sandra. Right, now what, what happened to the count? 994. Yeah, but it, did, did it keep going? No, it stopped. Right. I so actually almost a, gave you my name as 994. <laughs> right. So, here's a, so this is the mind-mouth connection, right? So I can, I, with my mouth, I can change what my thoughts are. Yes. So I open my mouth. This is why I... 
you know, or my identity statement, I'm a man of excellence, always keeps his word. I say these things out loud because it makes my, my brain think the thoughts that my mouth is saying. Got it. So I can literally make myself think whatever, by physically saying something out loud, I change my thought pattern. See, and I do that, like, I did that with my, with my bills, because one of the things that, you know, being a single soul supporting mom, bills freak me out, especially unexpected bills, or, you know, I have alerts on my phone, so I know my gas bill, my electric bill, you know, I don't, I don't like surprises. And when I do get a surprise, it does freak me out. And I do have some pretty deep money fears. You know, I have a lot of responsibility on my plate. Sure. And one of the things I did was I started writing out 25 times a day. I have more money than I need and I pay my bills with ease. And now when I write my checks out, I still owe the money. I still have but it actually plays in my head. So I'm not having like little mini freakouts when I pay my bills or when I look at my bank statement, whatever it is, it's just rewritten with, you know, I have more money than I need and I pay my bills with ease. Right. And no, nothing really changed on the outside. All that changed was your, your internal perspective, yep. but you're happier. You're more fulfilled, right? You're more successful because when you're not freaking out, you actually can do a better job at whatever you're doing to earn the money. Well, you don't burn up your energy. Like we're all given energy during right. the day. And, you know, like in the early days when my kids were really tiny and I had like a $1,500 a month childcare bill, yeah. you know, my mortgage is 3,500. Like, you know, you start going, Whoa! and, and it's all on your shoulders and there's no spouse or anybody to just either freak out with, make it worse or make it better. I really had to hone in and go, okay, what, what am I creating here? And when I would have my bill freakouts, I would avoid going to the mailbox to get them. And so the bills would pile up and then <laughs> I would come worse. home and it was like they were radioactive. I would zip them in a bag so I didn't have to look at them. And then I would take it wow. out and face the music. And by that point, I had exhausted myself. So yeah. I'm not productive in earning the money that I needed to pay the bills in the first place. Right. And then you're also no good to your kids. No, because you're because you're uh, you're mentally exhausted, you're emotionally exhausted, you're physically exhausted, right? And 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 nothing has changed really. I mean, you're so so yeah. And and you know what? This is one of the things that we take about being resilient and mentally tough. Money is easy, the easiest thing on the planet to come by, just like fitness is. If that's your if that's your point of view, money will come to you very easily. Yeah. If you struggle with it, you know, oh, it's so hard to make money. That becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Your brain will go to work and find all this is confirmation bias, all the reasons why it's hard to make money, right? So, and again, that's why I say these things. Money's easy. It's, e you know, time, I can never get any more time. But, we all have the same amount of time, 24 hours I'm every day. But I say something about time is, because yeah. this was one of the things I had to rewrite, and I probably rewrote it maybe 10 years ago. Andrew, I habitually said I don't have enough time. Right, which is ridiculous because it you do. Was, <laughs> I do. And, you know, yeah. and I, people would say, I need you to volunteer for, I don't have enough time. I don't have the time. And in my head, I would get up in the morning and say, I'd look at what I needed to do that day and go, I don't have enough time. And I don't know who it was. It was a Marine. I think it was first Sergeant Hoffman that said, babe, he goes, you just got to stop saying that. Stop telling yourself, right. rewrite it. So yeah. I got my pen and paper out and I have, I have more time and energy than I need. I have more time and energy than I need. 
amazing things happen when you change that belief. Exactly. You have more time and energy than you need. Right. See, and every human being on the planet has the same exact amount of time, 24 hours. So people are like, well, I don't have time. I'm like, listen, man, the president of the United States and that little kid in, you know, Philippines has the same amount of time. Right. We all have this, but, but we have a finite amount of time. And this is what, you know, when I've worked, some of my clients have been, you know, the Fortune 20 list. Sure. What I learned from them is that you can always get more money and what they're doing with their money is buying themselves more time or yes. leverage time. Like some, they outsource stuff. You'll never see them cutting their own grass, not because it's beneath them, but because they know they only have a certain amount of time and it's cheaper to pay somebody to cut the grass per hour than it is to burn an hour that they could do something that they enjoy. Or in my case, you know, people gave me a hard time because they're like, well, you're a single mom, you're, you're struggling. So I had a modest car, but I paid for a pool guy. And it's like, the weekly cost for the pool guy, first of all, I'm not physically strong enough to do that on top of everything else I need to do. I am not a chemist. I can't fix these things. And if I bust something, there's a grand right there. That's why I don't do my own electrical right. and I don't do my own plumbing <laughs> unless it's a basic repair. I'm with you a million, a million percent if that's even possible. I outsource everything. If I'm not an expert in it, listen, people pay me for mental toughness, coaching, and consulting. They don't pay me to let, run electricity or play. I pay guys that are experts in that. If you just do what you're really great at doing and get paid for that, all the other stuff, then you outsource that to people that are great at doing what they do. And, and that's how life should really work. And it's enjoyable that way. Well, and think of that, like, you know, other than when I had a party and I had like 25 kids coming and my pool was like, I know it's like 60, 70 degrees. Um, and my, my pool heater went out and I managed because I'm a computer tech background, everything was computer parts in there. I actually managed to get that thing running and, you know, fix, fix some things on the motherboard, all sorts of technical things. And that was great because kids were coming in six hours and I live yeah. rural, so I'm not going to get anybody out there. Right. But I will tell you, even though I saved myself probably a grand on that pool heater, by the time the kids showed up, I was wrung out worse than the pool towels. <laughs> like the stress, the prayer, the, right. you know, my fingers were all ripped up. My nails were chewed up. I had a big gash on my hand where I had caught myself on the metal door and yeah. I taped it, you know, I like put oh the my God. down. So I come looking like, you know, I just served, you know, in a war welcome kids come to the pool party yeah, right you so know what'd that do for your fitness right so that's my question like so doing that yeah you had to do it because you did it for your kids and that's awesome but if you just look at it an honest assessment what'd that do for your fitness at that point oh I had no patience with the kids normally I've got patience like a saint with kids and I'd be in the pool enjoying with them I pay for a lifeguard to come so I don't have to worry about somebody you know swimming on the bottom of the pool too long um but I couldn't enjoy myself. And it took this birthday party that should have been great and turned it into a battle. And that's, that's not the way anybody should live. No, right. And you know, in my book, seven secrets of resilience for parents, right? Remember the number one job for parents really is building great memories, right? And that wasn't a great mood. It was an opportunity for a great memory, but it didn't turn out that way. And, and so even now you're recalling it, you're, you know, it's stressing you out. It's stressing yeah. me out. You know, it's like, man, that was, man, what a great party that would have been. 
you know? <laughs> well, you know, and I look back and I, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like kind of do it yourself pride. And there's a lot of, you know, there are benefits from some of these things. Like, you know, I can do it. I solved this big problem, but I don't need to do this regularly. And now right. I have like, I'm not kidding you. There's like nine pool guys on speed dial. Like <laughs> that's, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Yet. You're going to get one out there. No, see, and this is great. This is this is then that's helping your mental fitness. It's helping your emotional fitness when in turn helps your physical fitness. Right. And, and then your family, it helps their fitness, right. As, of the relationships, harmonious relationships, what I would call social fitness. Well, yeah. And I look at, you know, it's funny, Andrew, you know, my, my dad's 85. So he brings a certain generational experience and, and culture to our household. And he's also a veteran. So he has a certain, you know, kind of, way of doing things. And, you know, as a single mom, I'm the primary female in the household. And so I'm really careful about how the kids see me in the role, because I don't want to be 10 foot tall, bulletproof mom who can do everything and have no feelings and, and, you know, just handles everything perfectly because that sets unrealistic expectations for their wives someday. But yet again, I don't want to see them seeing me like as the vulnerable victim and it's it's a, this fine line that the person I want them to see is capable, but also capable of asking for help when needed. And a lot of my single mom friends, they either fall on the spectrum of their whiny victims that need help with everything, or they're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And trying to find that sweet spot in the center is is probably one of my greatest challenges these days. Yeah, I'm... I... I've known you for a while. I, you know, for me, this is just, I'm an outsider looking in because you have like an internal identity and you know who you are. I think you automatically walk that tightrope when those, the folks that you're talking about, they're on one end of the spectrum or the other. They're really, it's, it's a self-esteem issue. Like on one side or the other, they're afraid of the rejection or afraid to show, you know, it's, it's all, it's really fear-based and because you're just straight up with it. And again, I'm an outsider, you know, I'm not in your house. I don't live it, but I've known you for a a while, man. It's been yeah. a couple of years, right? So we're, I don't see the reason that you automatically, I think, walk that title because you do have an internal identity. You are spiritually fit and you've made that a priority so that you, you do balance those things. And even though you're even aware and you're talking about it shows me that you are, you know, spiritually fit. The fact that you're even aware of. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's one of those things where, um, it doesn't fit. Like when I went to business school, they didn't teach me, at least the school I went to, and it's a great school, but they didn't teach me to balance. And they didn't teach me to not hire your husband's mistress. That's a whole nother class they should have. Um, but they also didn't, <laughs> you know, we need to teach some of these life skills like mental toughness. We need to teach some of these things and I don't know where to get them because I got them some from my church growing up. I got them definitely from my dad, but where, where is this, where do we, where do we get this for our kids? Yeah. It's like a hodgepodge. Like you said, because right? they're not getting it in school anymore. Like that's no. out. Like there's no critical thinking. There's no mental toughness anymore. It's all, you know, everybody gets a trophy because we don't hurt anybody's feelings. Well, mental toughness comes from sometimes, you know what you do skin your knee. Sometimes you don't win. And sometimes you get your feelings hurt and you do get rejected. So we're not teaching them that. Um, you know, that's kind of my mission in life is to go, do, you know, and that's what I've done with my kids. My kids are my greatest disciples, I guess, my, you know, because I've, I've poured this into them since they were little. And um, there's really no, 
you know, there's no rush for people to get a hold. And I'll tell you what, business school, they don't want you to be balanced, Sandra, because they want you to be making money for them. They don't care about your balance. Like, they're, of course, they're not going to teach it to you in business school. But see, I look at like my company over the last 20 years, you know, I hit it hard in my 20s. I made a lot of money. Then, you know, during my kind of early child year, single mom years, um, I struggled a lot. But I'm making a lot of money and I'm hitting it hard again, but I'm also in balance. And there's a big difference between 20-year-old San and 40-year-old San in job satisfaction. And I now, it used to be more win-lose when I was in my 20s. Now I go for the triple win. Is it good for me? Is it good for the environment and good for the the other person? Like, it's got to be a triple win or I don't play. Right. And but. but and I'm with you on that 100%, right? And that's how we live our lives because that's who we are. Unfortunately, again, there's human beings on the planet that don't uh, you share that and they just want to win at all costs. Yeah. Like you'll never hear me say, I'm going to do whatever it takes. No. Do whatever it takes. Well, because I'm not going to violate who I am. I'm not going to violate my spiritual fitness to get, to get whatever target that I think I need to do, right? So there's that whole thing out there where, you know, do whatever it takes. And Pete, there's a big cult following with that kind of talk. And you know what? That's it, in the end, <laughs> you're not balanced. And like a car going down the road with a tire out of balance, when you're doing 25 miles an hour, it's not that bad. But if you get out on the interstate and you start doing 70, 80 miles an hour, the wheel come off and you're going to end up in the ditch. Yeah. All right. So I love everything you said today. Um, where can people find out more about you and where, tell us about your books. Yeah. Okay. So you can go to getwarriortough.com. That's our main site. Um, There's a leadership book up there called Ground Zero Leadership CEO of You, which is our coaching manual. And then uh, my latest book is called Seven Secrets of Resilience for Parents. That's on Amazon. You could also go to the website and get it. And and Sandra, I'm I'm releasing a new thing. We didn't even talk about it, but it's called Inner Armor, which is Perpetual Resilience Training App. The Marine Corps came to me uh, last year and asked me to help them with their spiritual fitness for the warfighter. So we're developing this app so that I could deliver it to everybody in the Marine Corps at the same time, right? Well, meantime, you know how long that takes. Oh, yeah. uh, we did it for first responders and for veterans and for individuals. So it's up there. At, uh, if you go to demo, D-E-M-O dot dot U-S, you can see that new, that new platform that we have about building your spiritual fitness, which is funny because that's we didn't even talk about that and that's what we're talking about this what was that called give me the website again demo d-e-m-o dot inner armor dot u-s inner like i-n-n-e-r i-n-n-e-r-a-r-m-o-r dot u-s demo dot inner armor dot u-s and there's a there's a free demo that's the demo right go up there you sign up for it and you can get two weeks of the the app for free just to see what the, the curriculum is all about. But yeah, I'm super excited about that because it's all about resilience and spiritual fitness. Great. Super. Well, you know what? That means we have to have you back for another show. And you know how much I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Andrew Whitman. Check out his books on Amazon. The website is get, what is it? Get Warrior Tough? Yes. Get Warrior Tough and Get Warrior Tough. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for supporting me and supporting all the families that are listening today. And have a good one. Thanks, Sandra, for having me. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.